Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Welcome in. It's a Friday edition of the Nightcap. we got a full two hours for you here on WGR. There was a weather delay in the Masters, so I had to make a decision on whether to put the Masters on in the TV in here or the beginnings of Lightning Blue Jackets, which amazingly has made its way onto CNBC. Got those NBC family and networks. They spread it around. Tiger Woods just missed a six-footer by a little bit. So that's not good. And we'll continue to keep you updated on the Masters as it uh, closes out here late into the evening. It's almost over. And then we'll continue to keep you updated on the NHL playoffs throughout the night. Like I said, Blue Jackets and Lightning is the first game getting underway right now. A little bit later on, you'll have Jets and Blues. Uh, skipped one, Penguins and Islanders at 7.30. And then at 10.30, Golden Knights and Sharks. We'll talk plenty about the NHL playoffs as we progress throughout the night. And... We finally, finally, like a week into this thing, we finally have some some coaching news, like something, something to chew on, just a little bit. We had the the uh, McClellan, excuse me, we had the McClellan reports early in the week that all right, he's going to be the Saber coach, and then that kind of backed off a little bit too. Okay, hold on a second, he's not going to be the Saber coach, but he's the front runner for the gig, and he's still talking to the Kings. And then that progressed to okay, McClellan's in Buffalo. He's going to talk to the Sabers on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we found out, okay, he hasn't talked to the Sabres yet. So Thursday, McClellan's going to talk to the Sabres. And here comes Friday. With only one guy that's really been connected to the Sabre job, Todd McClellan, and Bob McKenzie comes along in the afternoon and says, McClellan's out. He's not going to be the Sabre coach. Likely to be the Kings coach, but he's not going to be the Sabre coach. And now we're stuck here sitting with a coaching search where I don't think we really know who the candidates are. There's nobody else that's been realistically or reportedly connected to them. Elaine Vigneault, we got from Jeremy's uh, secret Twitter source. That's been out there. But past the, and there's also the connection with Vigneault that Botcherill is going to be the GM of Team Canada at the World Championships. Elaine Vigneault is going to be the head coach of Team Canada at the World Championships. You can make a connection there. Elliot Friedman in the last 30 minutes on Elaine Vigneault that the Flyers have asked permission to interview Vigneault for her head coaching job. He's on their radar. And that's interesting to me because they it seemed like they were going to go with Scott Gordon, their AHL guy, Chris Knobloch, who's a pretty popular idea by a lot of fans here in Buffalo, as the Sabre coach, is an assistant there. He's another nominee. It didn't seem like the Flyers were going to go with that retread route, 
But if they're interviewing Vigneault, I guess they're going to be open to that. I hate that idea. Two nights ago, I think it was, topic of our show was, what's your favorite idea? What's your least favorite idea? And my least favorite idea, and still my least favorite idea, is the Sabres hiring Elaine Vigneault. For one, it's the retread route. It's the, the coach who's been around the block, his third team, fourth team. He was in Montreal even before Vancouver. If he were to be hired here, be his fourth team, and he has a reputation for not playing young players. Part of what got him fired with the Rangers. And yes, there's a track record there. Yes, he's a guy that constantly made the playoffs when he was the coach of a team. Yes, he's made two Stanley Cup finals. But for what this team's makeup is, that is about as bad an idea that I can think of, is hiring Elaine Vigneault to be the Sabre coach. And thankfully, to this point, I haven't seen anything from any of these big-time reporters that says that he is on the Sabres' radar, and I hope that I don't see that. It's another guy. There's another guy that I think we can start to connect some dots to. And I did an article on Wednesday. Out-of-the-box coach ideas for the Sabres. Ran through some of the two Swedish guys. Uh, Ricard Gronberg, the Swedish national coach. Rick, Richard Ronberg, the coach of Frölunda in the Swedish Hockey League. Used to coach Dahlin, used to coach, Ol- coach Olofsson. He's coached a bunch of players that are now in the NHL. Um, Philip Forsberg, for one. And... Then I went through some college coaches. You got the Minnesota Duluth guy. We got the Frozen Four going on here in Buffalo. He's in town. If you want to talk to him, that seems pretty easy. He's won two national championships. He's made Minnesota Duluth into a team that's constantly in the NCAA tournament. So if you wanted to go the college route, that seems pretty interesting. Chris Knobloch, if you want to go with the junior route, a guy who made his dues in junior hockey. WHL with the Kootenai Ice, Coach Sam Reinhart. You got that connection if you want it. Coached Connor McDavid in juniors. Helped, had a hand in the development of Connor McDavid. Had a hand in the development of Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strome. The list goes on and on of players that he coached in Erie. Then he gets to the Flyers. Couple seasons there. So he gets a little taste of the NHL. Only 40 years old. That's intriguing. A lot of these guys, like that's, we're talking 50s, we're talking early 60s, we're talking older guys. And here's Knobloch. That's an interesting idea. He's got a bit of a... Pretty solid resume if you're looking for an up-and-comer, and he's only 40. I like that, too. All these out-of-the-box ideas that sound pretty intriguing. And the other guy that I included in that, more out-of-the-box because it seemed unlikely at the time than necessarily he's very different from what I'm getting normally. And that is Ralph Kruger. And today, something very interesting happened with him. Wednesday, when I put him in that article, when I was talking about him here on that show, was not super realistic to me that you were getting him. Because there had been no indication that he was leaving his job in the English Premier League with Southampton as the chairman of that team. Not even in the sport. And if you don't know a lot about Ralph Kruger, quick rundown of who he is was the coach of Team Switzerland internationally. Like, a lot of his accomplishments in hockey seem to be in the international stage. He was the coach of Switzerland for a while. Then he got a job as a scout for the Carolina Hurricanes, ended up being an assistant coach for the Oilers. That ended up in him being promoted to head coach. Coached one lockout-shortened season there in Edmonton. Didn't go so hot. 24, uh, 24th place in the NHL. Missed the playoffs by 10 points. Not that great. That's all he's got coaching-wise on his record. And then he was named an advisor to Team Canada 
ahead of the Olympics in 2014. Then he took a job in soccer. So, interesting resume. But, sounds like a bright guy. Sounds like a smart guy, a strategist. And the thing that I keep seeing about him over and over and over and over is communicator. And I think that the Sabres could like the idea of that. And you also have the fact that two years ago, when this, when Jason Bottrell first got here, and he was looking for his first head coach. It was reported that he reached out to Ralph Kruger. And he didn't take it because he had a job. Kind of interesting, no, the timing that the Sabre job is open. You've got a couple other jobs open as well. And all of a sudden, even though he, I mean, he still had some a few months left on his deal, with Southampton, Ralph Kruger departs the club. He's now available. So now I've got a candidate who is without a job. I've got no head coach here in Buffalo. And I've got a general manager that was interested in Ralph Kruger two years ago. I think it's pretty easy to connect those dots. We don't have a front runner for this job right now. There's nobody out there that's been reported that's a front runner for the job. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and name by connecting those dots and by just using logic that Ralph Kruger might be the favorite for the Sabre job at this point. The only thing maybe standing in the way of that is a piece he did with Sportsnet from last year where he talks about wanting to return to the NHL someday, but likely as an executive. That's what he is in the Premier League, that he'd maybe like to come back to hockey, but do the executive route. And, But he also didn't rule out coaching. Kind of seems unlikely, given what, Terry, given what Terry Pagula said at the NFL owner meetings, that he doesn't really want to see a president of hockey operations above Jason Botcher. Like It didn't sound like that was on his radar, that it was on his mind at all. So, if Kruger is looking for that, I don't really know if it makes sense here. Even though that job is not filled here, that we don't have that position, and he might want that, it still seems unlikely to me that that would happen. But, like, I don't know where else to turn. Kruger's available. Bottrell wanted him two years ago. The Sabres don't have a head coach. Who else is supposed to be the frontrunner at this point? We all have ideas that we like. We all have ideas that we don't like. I don't like the Vigneault idea. I'm lukewarm on the Lindy Ruff idea. I was lukewarm on the Todd McClellan idea. Like, of the retreads, he's the guy you would have wa- I would have wanted. And I don't know if there's a guy left out there that I could really stomach them doing. Maybe Lindy would be that guy. But like Bulldog said earlier in the week, that feels like I'm getting played by the team. That feels like... Hey, the Sabres know their fan base is angry. The Sabres know that they haven't made the playoffs in eight years and they need to do something to make the fans happy. And that's what hiring Lindy Ruff would be. There's merit to him as a coach, as a candidate, to bringing him in. He's still the guy to this day, all week, we've gotten more calls from people wanting to make Lindy Ruff the head coach than any other guy. Far none. He's been the most popular idea. But if you're doing that, to me, I I wouldn't trust why you're doing it. I think if you're hiring Lindy Ruff, you're doing it because the fans are mad at you. And if you don't, and if, and if you did hire him, 
Like, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Like, he's got as much of a resume as a lot of these other guys, as Vigneault does, as... In fact, his resume is very similar to what Vigneault's is. Made two Stanley Cup finals, didn't win either one of them. Made the playoffs a lot, but never really, you know, was a like went too far in a lot of them. Very good coach, but not like a whale. He's not a Quenville. He's not a Babcock. That's what the, the, these are the guys we're talking about right now when we're looking at that retread pool. And I just want the Sabres to do something different. Hockey is not football. I made this point earlier in the week. Football, you've only got a few different pools that you can pick from. I can go former head coach that doesn't have a gig right now. I can go someone else's offensive or defensive coordinator, or I can reach into college. There's really nothing else I can do football-wise. There's not enough high-level football around the world that I can pick from. Like Those are my three paths to get a head coach if I'm the Bills or if I'm any NFL team. Hockey should be different, and it's not, but it should be. I've got great pro leagues in Europe, in Sweden, in Finland, in Russia, not a European head coach in the league since 2001. I've got high-level college hockey. I've got three guys hired in the last few years, and that's it, straight from college. Why is it that my only paths to an NHL head coach are a former coach, someone else's assistant, or just grab whoever my AHL guy is? Let's see them take a risk. Let's, let's see what Ralph Kruger looks like. Let's see what Ricard Gronberg looks like. I don't really expect the Sabres to do the Ricard Gronberg idea, but I'd love to see it. Kruger, to me, is different while it's also realistic because we have reported interest from the Sabre GM who is still in place. I think there's a reason that guy got as many opportunities as he did Doing a ton of like different things. Scout, coach, chairman, advisor, like wherever like the guy's never really out of a job. Someone's always asking him to do something. And that's a lot of guys I know, but he's doing like different stuff. To me, that sounds like he's got some talent doing something. And I'd like to see him I'd like to see the Sabres give him a shot. And I think they might try to do that. Because otherwise I don't know where you turn. I'd be very interested to see, and I even said this yesterday, I kind of want them to not hire McClellan just so I can see what their plan B is. Like, if you're not going to get McClellan, then like, what, what's your next best idea? Like, where are you going to turn? Are you going to turn right to next on the list of retread coaches after McClellan, or are you going to try to do something different? And I'm interested to see what Jason Bottrell does with this opportunity here. 803 is the phone number if you want to get in on this. Go back to your best idea and your least favorite idea for the Sabres coaching gig right now. I still think Vigneault is my least favorite idea of the the stuff that's realistic. Um, so there's that. Masters going on right now. Tiger just missed a putt by whew, centimeters. I don't even think I could say inches. He didn't even move his putter when he tapped it in. And that was on 18. So he finishes the day at six under par, 68. That's a good round. But, man, he was the last two holes, 17 and 18, if you haven't been watching the Masters in the last uh, little bit here, I mean, he could have very easily had a couple birdies there. He's playing great this tournament. He should be at, like, nine under at this point with a couple of the yeah. close calls he's had. Even yesterday, he had on the on the front nine, he had a bunch of, like, five to ten feet, ten footers 
that he just barely missed. He could very well be 9-10 under. Um, he finds himself only one back, still in it. Interesting. It's going to be an interesting weekend as long as he's in it. And the way he's playing, I would expect him to be. 8030550 is the phone number. We got NHL playoffs, like I said. Um, and I'm going to check the score on that real quick. And it's one nothing Blue Jackets. What is happening there? Columbus. I mean, this this is what hockey is. This is what makes it different from the other sports. Tampa is the best team on paper in 20 years. And they're losing to the last seed in the East, one nothing after losing game one, after blowing a 3 nothing lead. I'd still pick Tampa to win this series, but you're down one nothing in game two. If you go down 2 nothing in the series, both dro- dropping both games at home, I, it's going to be hard to stick with you, even though they've got all that talent. That's a crazy score. This uh, NHL playoff scoring update is brought to you by Fiegel and Carr, your border attorneys. Man, Tiger. Tiger, just going back to the Masters for a second here. He was, when I say centimeters away, I mean it. He was that close to birdieing 18. Zach Johnson thing happened today. I want to get into that a little bit. I just want to kind of poke around in there. It's not too much conversation to go on. But if you didn't see it, Zach Johnson pulled a, in a, like a, a me move. Or like any any of you listening out there, like what you would do on the course. He takes the swing, like a practice swing, and he accidentally hits the ball. And somehow that wasn't a stroke penalty. Very strange. 8030550 is the phone number if you want to get in on the Sabres coach search. Let's go to Tony in Buffalo. Tony, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Man, I love this idea if this is the case. If they ever go after this guy, Kruger, I would love it. Because it's different. You need to be on a cutting edge sometimes, man. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you know, if you get another retread in here, even if you get Lindy and he doesn't win right away, you know, this is you're going to have to look at Eichel. And I'm thinking that Eichel does not want to be the one under his watch a third coach goes. I'm thinking he's going to come in with a whole different attitude. He's, got, he's, he's looking at players that are just left here that people in this city didn't want. And they're both in the playoffs. So he, he's, he's got to step it up, man. And I think he's going to come back bigger and better. All right, Tony, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Kruger's different, and it's kind of ballsy, right? I, I, you can, I can already see it now. Maybe not around hockey. He seems pretty respected around hockey. But, like, there are going to be fans. Like, your old guard, your – I need my defenseman to cross-check uh, everyone in front of the net – I need Zach Bogosian and Rasmus Ristolainen being some of my top defensemen. I need I need to not be so soft. Like, that crowd is not going to like that hire. You're hiring who? A soccer coach? Like, that'll be said. He's not a soccer coach, by the way. He's a chairman. But it'll be said. I've, I've, I've already seen it on social media. Don't hire the soccer coach. They're already too soft. That'll come. But at the end of the day... From what it sounds like his system is pretty fluid and what he did with Team Europe and how respected he is around the game, I'd like to see them try to do something like that. Let's go to Tony in Niagara Falls. Tony, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Oh, how are you? Good. Um, I I don't like that idea. I think we need Lindy Ruff behind the bench. Why? I think, this is gonna, 
I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to end up bringing Lindy back. Why, why do you think that? Because he got a raw deal the last time when they fired him. How did he get a raw deal? He was here for 16 years. I don't think they should have got rid of him. I think they're going to bring him back. Do you remember what was going on when they fired him? They were horrible. True, but I still think they're going to bring him back. Why do you, what, 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 what makes you think that this regime is going to do that? Because he's well-liked. He's got a real good resume. Uh, you know, he took him to the finals twice. Yeah, I don't know, man. I cannot see them getting back to him. I know that it's a popular idea, and I know there's merit to it, but I just can't see them getting back there. I mean, you got to. I don't want. I don't want Lindy Ruff. I want the next Lindy Ruff. Give me the next coach who can be here 16 years and hopefully do a little bit better than Lindy did. But doesn't what he did sound like a dream right now? I mean, he made the playoffs. What? How many times do you think he made it in 16 years? I'm gonna guess nine. In Lindy Ruff's Sabre career. I know he made it twice with Dallas. Um, he made the finals twice, of course. He made the conference finals two more times. Let's see. In 16 seasons with the Sabres, eight times. So half. Would I sign up for making the playoffs half? I, I wouldn't, You know what? I wouldn't sign up for that. Never mind. If you told me for the next 16 years the Sabres are going to make the playoffs half the time, I've got Dalian and Eichel. I need to be doing better than that. I need to be making the playoffs like 12 times. And that sounds like a lot to ask right now, considering they haven't made it in a decade. Like, here we are. We're back on that graphic on ESPN. The Bills had gotten off of the longest playoff droughts in sports. Here's the four major sports, each team that's missed the playoffs the longest. And the Bills had finally gotten off of it in two years, and boom, just like that. Carolina makes the playoffs, and Buffalo, here we go. We're back. Right on the drought graphic. Let me ask you a question, though, about Lindy Ruff. Since the Bills, the drought almost kind of changed your perspective of what they want to do just because you wanted to get the drought over with, so you're willing to make moves based on that. Isn't that kind of the same thing with Lindy Ruff? See, to me, like, the... Because like you just said, you would want to make the playoffs more than 50%. Of course I would, but, like, I don't know. When the, when the Bills set up what they did with McDermott and Bean and the moves they made, trading Sammy Watkins, trading Ronald Darby, like, those were those were future moves. If they were that worried about making the playoffs right away, like I think they completely did not expect to make the playoffs that first year, considering the moves they made. Darius midway through. Peterman! At any point, I just can't imagine that they ever thought they were going to make the playoffs until, really, they did that Calvin Benjamin trade late in the season. Then, like that's an, act, that's an action that makes me think that you were trying to get there. Um so I think you set up for the future and you hope, not just not just for like the next year or two, but you, you set yourself up for the next five, ten years. And you hope that it starts out as well as it did with the Bills. Like that you make it. They almost did that this year. And their coach made brutal errors. They were on a ten-game win streak, despite the fact that their coach seemingly had no idea how to manage the top six of his lineup at forward. Or how to utilize their young players. Despite his faults, they still went on a 10-game win streak. They were first place in the NHL at one point. Because that's hockey. Sometimes, you know what? You just get a hot goaltender. I've got a very outlandish idea on that, by the way, that I want to get to. And I think every single person listening online or on the radio is going to disagree with it. I think. And I like the, the, smart, the, the brain on me... My brain thinks it's stupid too, but my heart is starting to lead me towards this one move that I think would immediately put the Sabres right back in it. 
We'll get to that in a second. I want to get one more call in before we go to the break. Let's go to John in Blackrock. John, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Yeah, I would like to see the Sabres hire for their head coach, uh, Rob Ray, Andrew Peters, and Patrick Coletta. They're broadcasters. To put the fortitude in them and get them players to play and back check and hit because they don't hit. Of course they don't hit. They're trying to score. Yeah, I'm not in on that. Um, I want a coach that can get them to score, and I want coaches that are coaches, not broadcasters. Love those guys. I think Rob Ray is one of the best broadcasters, like hockey-wise especially. Put him on NBC. Rob Ray's got more personality in his pinky finger than that entire NBC studio does. But I give me a coach, like a real a coach. Maybe, I wonder though. Part of me wonders. He just threw Rob Ray in there behind the bench. What would they look like? Was he suggesting all three, though? I think he was suggesting oh, a like three-headed a coach. I see. Right. Whole staff. <laughs> okay. Co-coaches. Yeah. No, I'm not taking. I'm not really taking that seriously. Nor I don't think. I don't think I should. Um, Eight hundred three hundred five is the phone number. Thanks for the call, though, John. We'll continue along here on the Sabres coaching search. And like I said, I got a little bit of an outlandish idea that you're all going to roll your eyes at. But I wonder if you could just hear me out on it. We'll, we'll go through that as we progress here. Talking Sabres here on the nightcap. Jody Biasi. That's my brother Lou DiBiase, by the way, running the board. We're continuing with, with you here until 9 o'clock. Continue to keep you updated on the HL playoffs. And the Masters is just about to wrap up. We'll give you an update on that when we come back as well. So the nightcap here on WGR. The few days leading up to it were kind of nerve-wracking. It's kind of, you know, it, it was a weird feeling not not being in the situation for a while and, uh, yeah, stepping onto the ice and just kind of being in this building, how loud it was. It was it was exciting. It uh, it's the best time of the year, and I think after kind of the first period, you know, kind of taking it again and saying, getting back to okay, it's time to, to play hockey again. ROR. Here's Ryan O'Reilly talking about his experience in his first playoff game in a pretty long time with the Blues. In Winnipeg, too, he's talking about there, which is the most electric, one of the most electric uh, fan bases that uh, that you can see once you get into the playoffs. Them in Nashville, it's about as good as it gets. Um, O'Reilly and the Blues are up one to nothing in their series. They will play later on. That's a 9.30 puck drop in Winnipeg. They'll look to take a 2 nothing series lead. They're actually, after all the game ones, maybe not all the game ones, but after that first night, though, the Blues were the favorites to win the Cup. And I'm... Probably assuming that maybe Tampa would have jumped them. Or not Tampa, Toronto would have jumped them. Um, but they're up there. They're a good team. The Blue Jackets are up 2 to nothing on the Tampa Bay Lightning. What is happening? Like, As someone who focuses a lot on how the Sabres build their team, to watch Tampa lose in the first round this year would be... It would almost be a downer because it's about as perfect as you can do building a team. You nailed the goalie. Vasilevsky is great and young. You nailed the blue line. Hedman's a Norris winner. Sergachev is great. McDonough is good. Strawman is good. Your forwards, you run 10 deep. Kucherov had 128 points. Stamkos is elite. Point is great. You got him in round two. 
Palat is great. You got him in round six. Kalorn is great. You got him in round seven. Like, they nailed their top picks, and they've been getting great players from behind that. Like, everything they've done to build that team has been perfect. And they can't win a cup. They can't even beat the Blue Jackets right now. And if I'm a Sabre fan looking at that, it's like, well, if that's the best I can do, and it's only going to get me that far, then what am I even striving for? I just got to get lucky. Really, that's just what it is. You got to get in, you got to get lucky, and your goaltender to play great. Because if you saw Sergei Bobrovsky in Game One, like he's the he's the biggest reason that they were even able to make the comeback that they did. Um, he's related to my point that I want to make, my outlandish saber uh, thought that I want to get to in a second here. Talking about the coach, though, goaltending situation, um, pretty much anything on the docket right now. Let's go out to James. James, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, man, thanks for uh, taking my call. Sure. I, um, I was thinking because, I mean, Uko Pekalukinen just signed with the Amherst. Yep. He's a young goaltender. He seems to be, I mean, an incredible competitor. I think that, you know, having this young team trying to start a young defensive core, I, I think it would be really interesting to see what they do with him next year, maybe bring him up for a couple games or maybe even, you know, move one of our goaltenders. Could be Omar, could be Hutton. I'd rather it be Hutton if we do make a decision like that. But yep. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll hang up and uh, yeah yeah thanks James. I, I really think that he would have to have some kind of training camp and preseason to even think that that's on the that's even in the realm of possibility. Um, now, I wouldn't completely rule it out because he is, if not the best, one of the best goalie prospects in the world right now. So that is something to hope for. I mean, his final junior game of his life last night, I think he made sixty saves. For Sudbury. So there's a reason he's thought of as one of the best goalie prospects in the world if he's not the best one. So, and it's not like you're tied up there. It's kind of, they're in a weird spot goaltender-wise. Hutton's under contract, and it's a good contract, but he also wasn't that great last year. Um, I'm distracted, I'm sorry. The, the, The Lightning and the Blue Jackets are playing right now, and two of the best young players in the league are just throwing blows. They're just going at it. Zach Wierenski, who just scored about a minute ago to make it 2 to nothing, who is one of my favorite players in the league. I think he's the second most valuable defenseman in the league after Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, he was just going at it with Braden Point, who we've had some conversations about here, uh, who was one of Tampa's best players, and they just were going at it. Lightning, man. They are not only losing 2 nothing. they They've been badly outplayed early in this game. Like... Scoring chances are seven nothing in Columbus's favor. Anyways, back on the goalie point. Uh, I I can't see Lucan and really, I can't see him getting a regular job by the start of next year to where they would move on from Hutton or Allmark. I think maybe you could have a situation where he's good enough that at some point during the season he takes a spot, and then you figure out what you do from there. Maybe you trade Hutton before the trade deadline. Maybe you trade Allmark. That sounds like a bad idea to me at this point, but Hutton's contract is is not expensive at all. So you could, I'm, I'm sure you could get that out of there if he was that good. Like if he were down in Rochester with like a 950 save percentage and just lighting the place on fire, then yeah, I could see that. But I don't think he's winning a job for next year to where you would trade one of those guys. I'll throw my outlandish idea out right now because it relates to goaltending. And it goes against... Pretty much everything I believe on how you should build a team. But, 
it's starting to sound like a more and more attractive idea to me. You shouldn't, in today's game, pay a goaltender big money. I realize that. Part of the reason, part of the reason, not there are a lot more reasons, but part of the reason that the Sabres were not able to build a great, great team after Drury and Barrere left was because you, because you had a lot of salary tied up in Ryan Miller. Like I said, I know there were a lot of other factors into that. The Canadians right now are an example of this. They're paying Carey Price $10.5 million. They will never have an elite team up front. They just don't have the money to do it. Even if you la- and even if you nailed picks and you, you nailed undrafted kids and you nailed trades, you just wouldn't have enough money to keep them all because you're paying your goaltender $10.5 million. On the other hand, how long has it been since they were like a real competitive team where they've been in the playoff race at the end, where they've made the playoffs? Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be a free agent. And I, my, my, like I said, my brain thinks this is a terrible idea, but my heart and where I want the Sabres to be next year, to me, would be almost guaranteed if you had Bobrovsky on your team. Like, you are, you are likely to be either in the playoffs or right there if he's your goaltender. He's one of the best in the league. He's not that great in the playoffs. But, like, if you watched game one, Blue Jackets Lightning, he has the ability to carry a team as far as he can take them in the playoffs. Like, if he's playing top of his game, sky's the limit. He just hasn't really reached that once he's made the postseason. But you're talking about a 9, over a, over a 920. Like, his stats are better than Carey Price's for his career. He's over 920 for his career with the Blue Jackets. Couple of Vesna trophies. Bunch of Vesna nominees. There are so, there's holes to it. He's 30 years old. You probably have to give him a really long contract. You probably have to give him a really big salary. I don't really know what kind of competition you would be in for that. Looking around the league, I can't really find a team that I can just be like, oh yeah, they're going to be all in on Bobrovsky. Even a team that I would think would want to do that, like Florida, can't really do it because they already have so much money tied up in Reimer and Luongo. Like, they don't really have an out from those two, it seems like. So I don't think they can pull that off. The Sabres at least have an opportunity to do that because you have no money tied up in goaltending right now. And I think that's a positive in a way, but isn't part of you attracted to that idea because it would likely mean immediate contention? Like, the Blue Jackets, historically, me growing up, the Blue Jackets were never good. Like, Rick Nash there. I, can only, I don't think I could name another player that would have been on their team consistently other than Rick Nash. The Blue Jackets were never in the postseason when I was growing up. Ever. I think they've made four playoff appearances in their history. Bobrovsky, man, three years in a row. He gets them there. With the Flyers as a young goalie. Playoffs. Like, the guy just makes the playoffs. So part of me, like I said, is pulling him towards our direction, and the other part of me is pushing him away. But I think it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to bring up because it's probably the only thing the Sabres could realistically do this offseason that would mean like automatic contention. Like you would be hopeful, even if they signed like a Matt Duchesne and they brought back Skinner and they made some other moves that we like. 
You would be hopeful that they'd be really good, but you wouldn't really know. Just for the the sheer fact that really goal, if goaltender is a question for you, you can't know. Bobrovsky's no question mark. You bring him in, he's one of the best goalies in the world. And like I said, I'm not really all in on that idea, but it, I just wanted to throw it out there because it's something that's not talked about at all. Probably partially because it would probably it's probably not going to happen, but it's an interesting thing to talk about, I think. 8030550 is the phone number if you want to get in on that. If not, I want to continue to go over the coaching search just a little bit before we get to the top of the hour. Then we'll give you an NHL playoff update, Masters update, and we'll get into the NFL draft a little bit when in the second hour because we are under two weeks away from the draft. Under two weeks away. All that coming up. It's the Nightcap with Jody Biasi, Lou DiBiase behind the board here on WGR. We got our workout out for us. I know it's one eight series, but they got a lot of talent that know how to play in the playoffs. They got players that are ready for the playoffs. So, you know, we are looking forward to seeing what what our uh, game plan is. Looking forward to preparing for this team, and uh, we'll see how it goes. That is Kevin Durant. He and the Warriors got the Clippers in round one. That's tomorrow. First round of the NBA playoffs, this is kind of how it works. The NHL playoffs start out super good because anyone can win at any point. We're seeing that with the Blue Jackets right now, up 2-0 on the Lightning. Playoff scoring update brought to you by Fiegel and Carr, your board of attorneys. Anyways, NHL playoffs blow away the NBA playoffs in round one. 100,000 times out of 100. As the playoffs progress, the NHL playoffs get a little less and less interesting as you dwindle the teams down. They're still great. It's my favorite sport. I'll watch it. But the NBA playoffs, as that progresses, and it gets more and more interesting. To a point where I'm at now, that even though hockey's my favorite sport, if you got the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup play- finals, if you got the N- sorry the NBA finals and the Stanley Cup finals on the same night, I'm probably watching the NBA finals. And there's probably going to be a more entertaining uh, finals this year since it won't be LeBron and Channing Frye. That's right. No more Cavs. Because that's the, the thing. Like conference finals, second round of the NBA, yeah. it's fun. And then the past couple of years, it's been Golden Wait, State just be, beating it'll, Cleveland it'll five. It'll be fresh. It'll be fresh yeah. this year. Yeah. Because I, I think the East teams this year have such a better chance. At least taking them to six or seven. I agree. Who do you who do you like in the West? If it's I mean, not if it's not like that was the wrong question. The right question is it Golden State or the field for still, the entire st- for the entire playoffs. Still Golden State. Yeah. Houston the is the only chance field. I have. You don't think Milwaukee's got a shot? Mm-mm. I think Milwaukee's got a shot. I think I would have. I would take Milwaukee as the fourth team I'm most confident in in the East to take down Golden State. I would. Oh no way! They're number one. I think Come Toronto, on. Boston, and Philly are all more equipped. I don't like Boston this year. Philly's always something with them that's not allowing them to be what they should be. They, they're the most talented team in the East. Like player for player, actually, maybe Philly's the right answer for this. Just because if they did get it together. Not even get it together in terms of them being a three seed, but they got it together to maximize what their talent is, which is, it should be somewhere near what Golden State is. I mean, you don't have, Golden State has two superstars, an all-star, and then a really good player at this point in Draymond. That's kind of what Philly has. Philly, I would say more so has one superstar. Another star. And three all-stars. Yeah. So, right. I don't know how you would balance that. But I, I think, yeah, Philly maybe is the team just because they would have the talent to match up even somewhere near uh, Golden State. But 
Giannis, man. Like, he might be that good. But what do you go he might to be that good. outside of Giannis, though? Like, there's not enough. Robin like, Lopez. Philly has, like, four guys <laughs> to match the firepower. Brooke Lopez. Boston, too, has the, I think, the depth on the bench. And, you know, Tatum and Brown aren't stars, I wouldn't say. But yeah, when you combine those guys with, hopefully, if Marcus Smart's healthy and Rozier and Al Horford... I, I still think I would put Golden my money State. on Boston to come out. I, they're still the most secure pick I for me. I did Golden State wrong. They have two superstars and three all-stars because mm. I forgot they have Boogie Cousins. Though. That's right. Just a just a mockery they are of that sport. I can't wait for Durant to leave after this season because the NBA will actually be interesting. There'll be, we'll know who can win. Instead like, there'll of be one team, yep, there'll be eight. Right, which is... That's like the one thing the NHL has going for it, I think, over a lot of the other sports, is that 16 teams in the playoffs, 16 teams could realistically win the Stanley Cup. Maybe not Carolina. 15 teams. Maybe not Dallas. You know what I mean, though. Like, double-digit teams every year in the Stanley Cup finals could realistically win the Cup. I could look at the bracket right now, and like I said, I couldn't see Carolina winning it. I probably couldn't see Dallas winning it. I couldn't see Colorado winning it. And that might be it. 13 out of 16. That's pretty, that's a lot better than one, maybe two. Like one and a half at best. With the half being every team in the NBA playoffs, it's not Golden State. 0-0, Penguins and Islanders, they're now underway. If you're looking for the channels and the NBC family of networks, if you're driving around and you're about to be home, uh, you're going to find the Lightning Blue Jackets game on CNBC. That's right, CNBC, the money channel. And NBCSN is where you can find Islanders and Penguins right now. The next games get going, 9.30, I think we got for Blues Jets, 10.30 for Golden Knights and Sharks. Nick is on WGR. Nick, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, uh, just wanted to give my input on the NBA. I sure, what do you got? The East, I think Toronto and Milwaukee uh, would probably give Golden State the best run for their money. Although I don't think anyone's putting money on anyone other than Golden State, right? And also, too, um, I really don't know anything about the NHL. Uh, I follow the Sabers very loosely, but what could the Sabers, in theory, get for, let's say, uh, Ristolainen and their first two uh, draft picks? Both of both first round picks that they got? Yeah, yeah. Let's say they packaged, you know, Ooh. all of those things together. For a you know maximum out um, maximum return, what in theory value wise and maybe realistic trade target could they could they bring in? Man, I, I that is a that's a, such a big package that it's almost hard for me to pick something out because I think what that's worth usually is never traded. Um, I'll try to use Tampa for this. Tampa is possible here because. They have a lot of big contracts. They have a lot of really good players. They can afford to lose out on like a for, like on a really good forward. And they reportedly, according to Eddie Strickland at the trade deadline, were interested in Ristolainen. So I think if I'm going to do this, I should probably pick out Tampa as the team to do it with. And if you gave Tampa Ristolainen and two first-round picks... Like, I don't even know if Braden Point... I don't even know if Braden Point is worth that much. That might be just Risto and 7 overall to get Braden Point, who is a 90-point player in the NHL. This year, at least. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's 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 the only thing I can even think of here. Like maybe Braden Point would be that, but I think that's a lot to give up for Braden Point. Because he is also playing in the best line in hockey. Like he's playing with Stamkos and Kucherov. Kucherov had 128 points. I can't say that enough. He had 128 points. It's 2018, and they're losing two nothing to Columbus, and they're about to be down two two games to none if they don't get it together here. Amazing. It's amazing that that's even possible. It's more about the sport than it is about the Blue Jackets. I'm not really stunned the Blue Jackets are doing it. It's just amazing. 8030550 is the phone number. Thanks for the call, Nick. We'll do... Uh, I, I agree with you, though. Lou doesn't here. But I, would I, I agree with you. I would say Bucks and Raptors would have... I think Bucks and Raptors are the best two teams in the East. Actually, I'll, I'll hold back on saying they're the best chance against the Warriors because I still think it's the Sixers, if that makes sense. I guess that's what I'm going for is which team is best equipped to go after those five stars on Golden right. State. And I think it's the other two. It's like, Philly and Boston. Like I would pick the Philadelphia 76ers to have a better chance than the Bucks against the Warriors, but I would pick the Bucks to beat the 76ers. Well, yeah, because the problem is like Philly beat Golden State in Golden State. They almost beat them in Philly, but they can't get by Boston. They struggle with Milwaukee and Toronto. So that's the thing. is like, And Boston's been struggling all regular season. So I guess if you were picking the probability of going to the finals – yeah, Toronto, Milwaukee are more likely. I just I'm yep. more going by who has the better chance of beating Golden State. Kind of hope Toronto makes it just so I can go to a game. Hmm. Probably expensive, but it'd be be cool. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number if you want to get in on the conversation. We'll circle into the NFL draft a little bit when we come back. Tony Pauline, we're gonna play back for you at eight thirty as our interview of the day. He was on with the morning show NFL draft analyst. We'll uh, play that back for you in about a half hour. NHL playoffs going on right now. We'll continue to keep you updated. Plus a Masters update when we come back. So then I cap with Joe DiBiase and Lou DiBiase here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.